This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Take the Black Live, the only show on the internet where two men of a certain age are willing to stand up and say, I'm interested in reading and watching things about dragon space laser sci-fi fantasy, and I'm willing to talk about it in public. I am Dan Selke, the editor of WinnerIsComing.net, and I'm here with Daniel Roman, the other editor of WinnerIsComing.net. Daniel, banter, 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 how are you? I am, I am good. I'm ready to talk about dragons and spaceships and all those things that are not dared to be talked about elsewhere. Someone had to do it. You know, someone had to stand up and finally say, like, you know what? I like this stuff. And we have to fill this hole that's on the Internet and no one is filling and no one is using to discuss things that really matter. It's true. It really is. What did the world look like before? I mean, I cracked up a history book yesterday. It was terrible. It was like there was a dust bowl. There was a war. There was another war. The entire <laughs> world was happening. Anyway, hello, Martha. Hello, Christian. Hello, Julie. Hello, Julie. Again, good to see all of you. We are, of course, here like we are. Every nice talk about guys. all things sci-fi and fantasy books, movies and TV. And um, it is our solemn, fortunate, privileged duty to begin today's show with yet another announcement of a Game of Thrones, a Song of Ice and Fire themed book coming out in the nearish future uh daniel it was announced that uh there's a new book coming out called the rise of the dragon yes i mean it's fire and blood it's the book fire and blood which is the book that house the dragon is based on and it's but it's not as much of it it's a shorter version and it has a lot of really cool illustrations and illustrations and it's coming out when uh you know i don't have that exact date it's october sometime in october Yeah, it's coming out in October. <laughs> yeah. Are are you excited for this one? I no. you know, I've it's weird to feel like I've had a little bit of like House of the Dragon fatigue because House of the Dragon's not even here. We've just been talking about it on the podcast so much because there's been some some new tease every every week. But are, are you looking forward to this book? No, it's a no. Um, I mean, it looks nice. It's just <laughs> I'm just a little tired of I don't know. It feels like there's been a lot of it. It's like we're going to have there's a there's a new edition of Fire and Blood come out in July, like just the book, a reprint of it, a new edition that's separate yes. from this illustrated edition that's coming out in October. Correct. I'm more interested in the fact that all these and, and, and then there's and then there's the calendar coming out in July too, along with like a a fire and blood calendar. There's a making of house of the dragon book. I just heard about coming out in November. So yeah, that one surprised me. Yeah. That was like brand new. So I'm less interested in actually reading these. I read fire and blood. I'm not yet. And Julie, Oh, we'll read that comment. Don't you worry about it. I'm not really interested in reading any more of this. I'm (laughs) I'm interested in the fact that they're all, 
being scheduled in a way that is pretty clearly meant to uh, bolster the release of House of the Dragon. That's nice. But the books themselves, I'm sure they're fine. I don't really care. Yeah, you know, the the tie-in edition for House of the Dragon for Fire and Blood, that it's it's I never get super excited for those because I mean it's the same book. It's just gonna have probably Matt Smith on the cover. Um or or <laughs> a big old HBO dragon. This one, I'm a little more I'm more excited than I expected it to be. It's cool. Because it's like cool. the House of the Dragon behind the scenes book, I'm kind of like, eh, like that. I'll I'm going to read first. it. It's not like I'm going to ignore it. Uh, you know, we can't do that. I will watch the show. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But this one is cool because it's a coffee table book. Yes. So we yes. talked about this a while back. I think it, where you were saying, I wish they would just put out an art book instead of these mm-hmm. calendars every year. And someone somewhere heard you because they had these <laughs> plans. And even though this is being pegged as like, you know, fire and blood, like the the truncated edition of fire and blood with art mm-hmm. it really is an art i i think of them really as like an art book um from what george has said it's going to be similar to Ooh. this one the world of ice and fire that's nice yeah yeah that I is a handsome book. Time. It, it is it's huge it's got you know art on like every page and the rise of the dragon it has like 180 new pieces of original artwork so that's pretty cool um and, it is pretty cool. Yeah. And, he, you know, the first I feel like the first response whenever this stuff gets brought up is oh, he's doing that instead of the winds of winter. Uh-huh. But I the one thing I like about these coffee table books is he does them with Elio Garcia and Linda Antonson, mm-hmm. um, who run Westeros.org. So it's kind of cool to see that. I'm sure there's they're doing quite a lot of the work of taking fire and blood and trimming it down to fit in this. So I'll read it. It's expensive. Did did you look at the price? I actually didn't. How much is it? I think it's like 50 or 60 bucks, this book. Well, I mean, and again, I, I'm always interested in, in more of like the business side. Like they know there's going to be interest. So they're going to put out oh, totally. a kind of a glossy version. And I mean, it's handsome. And yes, the art is always great. It is pretty cool. I don't want my cynicism to rub off on anybody. It looks really, really cool. I'll probably <laughs> skip it just because I don't know. I have a bit of an aversion to merchandise. Like I, 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 I don't like it. Like I don't have any shirts that have words on them. I'm not a fan of it. Why should I pay to be your advertisement? Why? Why should I do that? For the privilege of being the advertisement. I've never understood it. I mean, but if you do it, God bless. Um, I don't like Funkos. I don't like and this seems a little better, but just there's nothing in me that just rebels against all of it. And it's always been there. I don't know why. But um, I, it sounds great. It sounds neat. Enjoy it. Those of you who want to enjoy it. It does look like a handsome book. That yeah. Worthless Fire looks like a handsome book. And I do like the art. This does seem like a better yeah. book like th- thing than a lot of other things. Have you, I have not. Have no, you read this read one? I the have World not. of Ice and Fire? Mm-mm. Is it worth it? Should I? Uh, yeah. The World of Ice and Fire, I put off reading it for a long time because I don't love like world books, but sure. it was surprisingly good. Like I read it cover to cover when I finally sat down to read it. And it was way more gripping than I expected it to be. Mm. Um, so I know with this, I if I recall right, what I read about the rise of the dragon is that it is not being framed in the same way that Fire and Blood was. Because like Fire and Blood yeah. is a fictional account from yeah. a maester. So I don't know that they're taking that same tack with Rise of the Dragon. I'll be curious to see how the actual writing translates in that book. But I hear you on the merch. 
that's kind of how I feel about Harry Potter or like the wit and wisdom of Tyrion Lannister. Like those things, I'm like, eh, I'll pass. <laughs> but for this, I'll make an exception. It does look nice. And I do, I, and I, I said last, last time, the art is always great. Um, the artist put in tons of good work. Maybe I'll get it for that. And I will say, if there's one exception to my merch, ever, and this is like a weird, like it's not quite merch, but it's not quite a brand new thing either. Um, it might it, something like this. I will, I will, I will be a simp for a song of ice and fire in Game of Thrones. Fine, that's my exception. And we got some quality yeah. winds of winter complaints in the comments from Julie. Yeah, Thank we you. do. We've been waiting for eleven years now, Julie. Um, almost a dozen, and then soon a baker's dozen. Who knows? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> As Julie says, I'll be dead before we see a dream of spring. <laughs> Bringing some morbidity he, to the He chat. really wants to make you feel the, the pain of the Starks going through this long winter. Uh, when we get a dream yeah. of spring, it's going to feel like a dream of spring. Oh, I'll get a dream of spring in my dreams. There, I'll do that one. Oof, um, and somebody oof. asked, uh, where is it's the things. chalice? See, uh, Stephanie. Uh, today, Stephanie, it is raining. So I did not go into the office. So I just have <laughs> the the Everclear in a uh, a juice glass. I didn't really make that connection. That's like your office chalice. I mean, there's a chalice in the office. I don't even remember how ah, it got there. I'm, I'm okay. pretty sure we got it for Take the Black. But, you know, I drink a lot. So my memory is not what it used to be. So I don't really remember. It's probably there for that. <laughs> That's reasonable. Exactly. But anyway, so yeah, there's a book. I still say it's going to come out in August, House of the Dragon, because apparently the new making of book is going to come out in November, and they like to release those yep. only after the season is complete. And there are 10 episodes, so doing some math, which again is very hard because of the drinking, um, you would have to <laughs> premiere the show at like early September at the very latest. I still say August. Stick into August. That's my ploy. But again, yeah. until there's anything really new to bring up, I, I feel like um, George R. R. Martin said we'll get it soon. Yeah. Cool. The release Great. date's coming soon. Super. We'll see. <laughs> Sooner than the winds of winter at, <laughs> at the least. Yeah, obviously. There's a lot of things that are coming sooner than the winds of winter. Like, it's true. you know, uh, uh, Judgment Day and um, uh, Comeback for Gallagher. Is Gallagher alive? That, that's very, very off topic. I, I don't Probably know. That, yeah, it's fair, though. It's fair. But anyway, it's OK. This, this this can be a safe space for, for venting about the winds of winter for anyone in the chat. We're all we're all in the same long, long wait together. Any other thoughts on anything in this realm? Rise of the Dragon, Game of Thrones books. How so, before we move on to other topics that don't revolve around like, well, a man in suspender said a show might be giving a release date soon. Let's talk about that for 20 minutes. <laughs> I don't think so. I I, I think we touched on most of the things. Um, I was surprised to hear that this book was coming, but but pleasantly surprised. Um, sure. If it's anything like the world of ice and fire, it'll be a nice thing to have on a shelf at least. But uh, yeah, it's another book. It's, a, it's another fire and blood. I will say, I didn't think I'd like fire and blood as much as I did um, when I read, it. I thought that might be a bit yeah. more like a dry thing. So the world of ice and fire, perhaps I will check it out. Cause I, I, I did enjoy fire and blood properly. It's like a brand new book. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you like Fire and Blood, that one is definitely worth the read because they're right. they're similar. And it's kind of it, it's kind of impressive that he can make books like that. It like interesting still like yeah. thinking of it, like don't don't get mad at me, Lord of the Rings fans. But thinking of like the Silmarillion as the <laughs> closest thing for comparison yes. I've got. And that is difficult to get into compared to Fire and Blood. 
for sure. Although I'll always say I reread the Silmarillion out of spite for a commenter who told me I hadn't read it and he was wrong. So I reread the whole thing <laughs> and um, I did enjoy it more, more the second time around. I will say that. But Fire and Blood, I liked immediately because yeah. I like just like it more. But um, yeah, books are coming. Show out in August. I think that's great. What else is happening in the worlds of yeah. sci-fi fantasy TV movies and books, Daniel? Well, one of the biggest things happening this week is that Paramount Plus is dropping mm-hmm. Halo. So Halo. this is they're they're doing their big push to get people onto their platform to sign up for Paramount Plus. And they're doing it with Halo uh, based on the Xbox video games that do have a plot despite what <laughs> what many people might think they're mostly known as alien shoot 'em ups in arenas uh but it does have a story and the show is doing its own take on it um it's not a one-to-one adaptation of the games which is a good thing yeah i played that game in college and i think the plot is um me doing little dances when i fragged my friends and blew them up with a grenade now daniel you have seen accurate the first two episodes of this halo show so in your opinion having watched it is this going to be the super hit that paramount plus needs Uh, you know i'm kind of torn on it i i don't i don't know is is the easy answer there it was I kind of went into Halo hoping it wouldn't be awful, but not expecting it to be great. And it kind of met my <laughs> that sounds about right. Like, like it's a solid, what I've seen was like a solid, like three, three and a half out of five. Um, it okay. wasn't bad. It, it had, it kind of went back and forth between some moments that were like eye roll worthy or didn't mm-hmm. make sense. Or a lot of, you know, like very dramatic characters looking at the camera and saying like, you respect me in this room (laughs) where we're talking like there was a lot of that kind of stuff. But then on the flip side, especially with uh, Pablo Schreiber, who plays the master chief, uh, he was the leprechaun in American gods and the garden orange is the new black. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was. That's where I recall him from porn stash. Yes. Yes. Porn stash. He does not have the porn stash. Mm -hmm. Um, He's mostly wearing the helmet. Yeah. I think, there were some scenes with him and and one other character that were really good. Um, cool. So it it felt almost a little inconsistent, but not in a bad way. Like the inconsistency was at times it was better than I thought it was going to be. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's going to be the, the big break for Paramount Plus. It's kind of confusing because it's like it, one thing I came away from from it wondering is who exactly is their audience good um, question because it is a show that yeah it feels a little like it's aimed at like teenage boy gamers mm-hmm. it, it's like family accessible like there's no cursing until there's just extreme violence <laughs> that's well, like, kind uh, of like the back and forth can i ask like how extreme are we talking like are we talking the boys visceras flying everywhere or more like like a marvel thing where yeah there's lots of fight scenes but at no point do you see see like blood i think there's any blood in marvel at all because they want to stay in that somewhere range yeah not not a lot of blood so halo did have quite a bit of blood i Mm -hmm. i I think it's in the middle of those two because it's the boys is super adult violence and this is violence that like have you ever seen the movie starship troopers yes i have it reminded me of starship troopers where like there's extreme violence aliens shooting people down 
uh, shooting limbs off, heads exploding, that kind of stuff. So like, it's definitely there. I think mm-hmm. it's almost a little jarring though, because m- almost all of the violence in the episodes I saw was special effects driven. So it felt there were times where it was really shocking. There was there were some shocking, violent moments in Halo, um, which were good. Like my jaw dropped. So that's a good sign when that can happen. But it almost removes you a little bit from the violence because it is so special effects driven. Sure. um, That there's no like practical gore effects or anything. You know, it's the Master Chief shooting an alien's head off. And then it's clearly a CGI. Yeah, a CGI alien CGI head exploding with CGI. (laughs) So, yeah, I think they're spending a lot of money on it. So they're they're yes. clearly banking on it, which I mean, it, it, it's so interesting to me just uh, that the way all these networks and services are putting their resources into these big splashy shows, you know, Paramount Plus with Halo, yeah. Amazon with Lord of the Rings or Wheel of Time, HBO with, with, with um, House of the Dragon to yeah. get like their tentpole killer app. You got to get the streaming service to watch this thing. I mean, look, f- from the outside, you've watched the show at it's it's out tomorrow, yeah. I believe. It premieres on yep. Paramount Plus. You've already watched a bit of it. I haven't got to yes, see it, it yet. I'm not sure I will. Looking in, I am definitely like, eh, Halo. I don't know if I'm going to take my time and add that to my dance card of shows to watch. Because I mean, yeah, the series has been around for a long time. I feel like it's it's kind of past its phenomenon stage like no one is oh yeah i mean like halo isn't the the cultural touchstone it once was i mean and it never was no mainstream and i can envision them sort of doing a kind of middle of the road we want a big audience so we can't go too extreme but we also can't be boring um in a way that i mean it sounds like three out of five is what I would guess not having seen a thing. Can I ask you this? Like, what is like the emotional taken? Like, do, are we involved with master chief? This who I understand it in the games, he never takes off his helmet and he's kind of like a cypher character because it's a video game person. Like you you just like your master chief, your master chief, but now you have to like take that and make it into a compelling TV character. Yeah. So that is totally the case. You know, you're kind of supposed to project onto him in the in the games. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so. The episodes focused more on him and his emotional arc way, way more than I expected, honestly. Um, mm. So I think there were times where he was less robotic than I expected because the Master Chief's thing is like he's a, like a programmed super soldier. He doesn't have his own autonomy at the start of the show. Um, and then he kind of, he interacts. This is like early game spoilers. It's like in the synopsis. Yeah. He interacts with an alien object and starts getting his autonomy back. Um, that sounds cool. And yeah, it it is cool. And I think the best parts of the series of the series that I've seen have been him struggling with that. Um, and I think you know, I went into this. I think you had written something on winter's coming dot net recently that talked about how the show decided they were going to take his helmet off. They needed to take his helmet off. So viewers could connect with him, which Christian says parallel. What is he Mandalorian? Good question. Christian. We'll get to it. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So that's exactly what I was going to talk about. Uh So that's a, that's a fair comparison to make having watched the show though. 
I think the way they use the helmet is it works really well. I will, we won't get into spoilers, but there's a decent amount of time spent with and without the helmet. And it's done very intentionally so that those Pablo Schreiber's acting is great. So like both of those scenes are memorable in their own way and taking off the helmet means something different on the show. So like it becomes a statement on his humanity as someone who has basically had their humanity stripped from them. So it's it's a little different than The Mandalorian where you're always wondering, like, are we going to see his face? It's this mm-hmm. long series stinger. It's a religious thing for him. This, it's like the mask is a symbol of his subservience almost. Nice. Um, Ooh, like but that. at the same time, when he's Literary. fighting, he needs it. Yeah, yeah. I was, it, it's fascinating to me because like Paramount, Paramount is spending Game of Thrones money on this show, like reported like 10 million an episode. They've already renewed it for season two. They're clearly banking on it to be a flagship. And I think what you said about Halo being like past its prime, like that's kind of true. Like I remember playing Halo and Halo 2 when I was in like high school, middle school. Like they've been around a long time. Because you and I are both. Yeah. I don't know how old you are, but I'm guessing we're around the same ish age. But yeah, it's been around a long time. And We'll see if it has the sticking power. But I mean, just because the game was passed on doesn't mean that the show couldn't catch on and be a thing in its own right. Like, you know how totally. the Witcher books weren't really popular, but then the game popularized them and now the show is its own thing. That yes. could fully happen. Yeah, I think there is definitely the potential for that with the series. It was better than I expected in some ways. What I was going to say about the Game of Thrones money is it's fascinating to me because the best parts of halo so far have been the quiet scenes with like one or two characters where they're which talking is, through their emotions just very and it's not fascinating halo the game which is very yeah i think you only get on the tv yeah and that worked really well and i hope that some of these networks that are throwing tons of money in for the huge special effects mm-hmm. like i almost feel like the huge special effects were like a little bit of game of thrones downfall like in the later seasons, yeah. they focus oh, so much on the spectacle that they forgot to have those, mm. you know, really complex discussion scenes. And Halo just really exemplified that for me because the complex discussion scenes were far and away the best parts of the episodes. I mean, you need that in a TV show more than you do in a game, because in a game, you can just kind of totally have fun and playing it. And like, this isn't about what well, this isn't what the podcast is about, but just um, the way that kind of games have become more like movies recently where there's a lot more story to a lot of games. But honestly, to me, it still doesn't really equal. It's like the best game story to me. I'm not sure if it like kind of gets to like middle brow of the best movie or TV show because it's just not what it's for at the end of the day. And then it kind of seems awkwardly grafted on sometimes. So I think if you're adapting a game, you're going to need to do new things. You're going to need to do things the game couldn't do. And yeah. it sounds like it's going to be worth a watch. So I'm curious. I hope it does well. It seems they're putting a lot of effort into it. Yeah, it feels like something that could really go either way at this point. Like I, there were th- things that were better than I expected. I didn't love all of the effects. Some of them looked really fantastic. Some of them were a little cheesy. They that, snuck yeah. in. I, I, I remember seeing that they, the producer said they didn't look to the games much, um, but <laughs> somebody clearly did. Like, yeah. Somebody on their crew clearly did because there's one part where the Master Chief's shield goes down and then does the beep, 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 and then comes back up, which is like (laughs) they took the sound effects from the game. Um, So they're clearly nodding to their gamer 
gamer audience. I mean, they. Uh, I wonder what the reaction among fans will be too. That'll be curious because gamers are famously very opinionated. Yeah, so um, they are be like critics versus gamers versus just people who were like a sci-fi show. Let's watch it out. If any of you are list, yeah. are, are any of you interested in watching Halo? I'm curious. I think uh, Nicole said no, <laughs> which is fair. <laughs> but um, it's fair. Yeah. I think the challenge will be, can it appeal to people who don't yeah. already know it? Can it appeal to people who do know it? <laughs> I know Halo. I'm yeah. not sure I'm eager to do it. We'll yeah. see tomorrow when That's Halo fair. premieres. Um, any Watching anything else? Um, what have I been watching? So Raised by Wolves had its finale <laughs> this, yeah, it this past week. Uh, it is still the HBO weirdest, Max. boldest. Yeah, HBO Max. Weirdest, boldest sci-fi show. I have seen in years. If you like disturbing science fiction like Alien, and at times I shout and cover my mouth and awesome. can't believe what I'm watching, that happens at least once an episode. Um, but yeah, so that was the big one I watched this past week. Uh, beyond that, Our Flag Means Death. Yeah, still been watching. Still cute. With, still fine. I, yeah, I feel, yeah, cute and fine. I feel like that's good. There I you didn't go. even call it good. I am enjoying it's it. It's good. Yeah. I feel I like, like they didn't have a super huge, like the, there's not a huge plot for the season. So I've enjoyed it, but I felt like they've meandered a little bit. So That's I'm charming. holding out for the, for the finale episodes. I think my favorite ones were the week before this one. I agree with you. Yeah. I liked when, uh, when Blackbeard was kind of uh, trying his hand at um gentlemanly things. So that was a cute little arc. As Nicole says, OMG, that was my Wolves finale was horrible. It didn't answer a single question and raised 10 more. Daniel response. Yeah, I I agree with you. Um, there were a couple of questions I thought it answered that were pretty cool that revolved around grandmother and what happened to the original humans on Kepler 22B. But like you said, I think it answered that by setting up like three more questions. So I think it it is going to have some serious legwork to do. The last frame of the show, which we won't spoil here, we reviewed it on the site. You can go hear how I laughed out loud at the final frame <laughs> of the show. The one encouraging thing I've seen is that Aaron Guzikowski, who is the showrunner, has said that unlike Lost, his his words, they're avoiding the Lost comparison because they have a plan. They've had a plan all along for where the show is going. They've just made sure to explore the forest for the trees as well. So when they see something that feels exciting, they chase it. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. He says that now. I wonder if uh, we get to the end of this thing, if he'll still be true. Daniel, have you... I'm sorry to keep a harp uh, pattern on you, but why not? Because you're coming in. Uh, Julie's watching Outlander. <laughs> have sure. you partaken of uh, Outlander yet? Oh, man, I'm dropping the ball here, Dan. I'm dropping the ball. I have not gotten to Outlander. I said I was going to this week. I just had a weekend and I didn't get to it. So you guys who have watched Outlander, are you still liking it? I've heard that this season is a, a little, it's not quite as good as previous ones. Do you agree with that? I could agree with it a out? lot, but um, I have not watched it yet. What I did watch was uh, on HBO Max. Yeah. I watched, uh, they dropped this new miniseries DMZ with Rosario Dawson based on the comic book. I hadn't really heard of, but it's one of the, it's a post-apocalyptic thing, Yeah, which are not uncommon. There's a civil war in the U S I, uh, there's like the United States and the United free zone or whatever. I'm not sure okay. where their vital lines are, but Manhattan 
somehow has become a demilitarized zone where both countries have kind of um, given up claim to it and abandoned it and have left it for the people on there to sort of fend for themselves. And the basic plot is Rosario Dawson's son is left in the DMZ and she's like, I got to get back in. I got to get my son. Uh, and she does okay. it like at, like she's gone for like six years because they were separated. And she's like looking for him in the one country, the other country. And, she, and she's finally like, I better go back inside there, which, OK, to me, would have been like my first instinct. But whatever. Yeah, right. So she finally goes back in there. And it's just a story of her trying to look around and seeing how post-apocalyptic Manhattan has fared after it's been abandoned by the governments of both uh, countries. And it was uh, it was it was it was interesting. It was I wondered why they dropped all four episodes at once. And then I watched it and I'm like, oh, probably because it's not going to be a giant hit. It's 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 richly imagined, you know, post-apocalyptic Manhattan, which post-apocalyptic anything has sort of I feel like it's almost been done too much. Why do we love post-apocalypses so much, Daniel? Do we yearn for a society after it's fallen? Why are there so many things like this? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, all all that jaded mentality of I wish there was some way we could break down all the (laughs) corruption and start over. And I think there's something about overgrown worlds, too, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know. There's there's something really striking about seeing a city like Manhattan with jaguars on the loose from the zoo and trees yeah, taking cute. over the buildings. So, yeah, I, I do wonder when that craze is going to turn because, you know, these these sure. trends come and go. And it's I mean, the Walking Dead is its 11th season now. It's post-apocalyptic. We had like Why the Last Man earlier this uh, or last year, post-apocalyptic. I don't think we're yeah. going to see it go away anytime soon. And I mean, like, we know what it's like. It was called the Middle Ages and it was terrible, but we seem to always just yeah. love these stories about it. And it was fine. Like the yeah. actual, the actual book um, shows more about um, like, like the political struggles in the DMZ between the folks who kind of like rose up um, after it was abandoned. And Rosario Dawson like happened to know all the leaders back from when she was there earlier. Okay. Like one of the orderly she used to work with now runs Chinatown and her ex is running like the Spanish Harlem part. I'm like, wow, this is a big coincidence. Okay. And they weren't powerful. They're just like normal people, but they just happened to be the, there was a, quite a bit of contrivance huh. in there. <laughs> Um, yeah. And it kind of moved very quick. And then she becomes a giant political figure, too. And she, like, rallies everybody in there. And she's been there for, like, three days. And everyone trusts her so much. But so uh, this so, is it's not the series you've been waiting for. I mean, I for barely for, remember that it was existing before it dropped. So yeah. I didn't have any expectations, really. And um, I was thoroughly whelmed. I was whelmed by this show, DMZ. Yeah. That overwhelmed. Oh, cool. man. Oh, man. Sorry, I got distracted by comments there. Nicole, I would love a Black Death Apocalypse show set in the Dark Ages. I just need to to point out, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Black Death, Nicole, if that's what you're referring to or the actual plague. But that movie is excellence. It has Sean Bean and um, uh, the actress who played Melisandre. Oh, uh, Carice Van Houten. Yes. Yeah. And Eddie Redmayne. It's excellent. Sorry. I think there's a season I'll of like always a, take a chance to rant about Black Death. I've heard I, I've never seen it. I, I know that it has like its fans. I will. I'll try and watch it sometime. It's supposed to be fun. 
I think it was like a season of Miracle Workers with uh, Daniel Radcliffe set during the Black yeah. Death. It's not really a fun topic. I mean, any show about the Black <laughs> Death in the Middle Ages, no. that's going to be a rough one. Like, there's no happy endings there. Like, everyone you know dies. Nope. And then you get sick. Yeah. What have other folk been watching out here? Christian, you're going to try and finish off Lost in Space. Yeah, I started that one this week, that final wow. season. Yeah, it's, you know, it's family friendly to the core. It it feels, it sounds like a, a show you should be watching with the kids. I almost feel weird. Yeah. I'm not watching it with any kids. So it's that <laughs> kind of show, but it's it's really entertaining, though. I've, I've been enjoying it. I've heard it's fun. Like folk have definitely um, enjoyed that. Uh, let's see, Joanne watching a Korean show called Bugasol. I'm enjoying and don't even notice the fact that I am reading translation. I love when that happens, Joanne. That happened with like Squid Game for me. Uh, yeah, if it's a good show in a foreign language, it really yeah. doesn't. I mean, for me, it does not matter at all. If it's, if it's good, give me subtitles, overdubs any day. Some folk, even if it's like a good show, prefer the dub. I do not. If, if it's good, I think it should be a stand on its own. And I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. What else people are watching? Blah, 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 blah. I believe yeah. Christian is still watching. A lot of love for watching, Outlander. Of course. Resident Alien, which I still want to watch. I mean, after our flag means death is Eva. And Nicole, I finished the Gilded Age as well. And um, it, it's no change, really. It still has the same hold on me it has before. So the same conflicts about it. It's beautiful, <laughs> wonderful costumes, wonderful sets. And like, oh, great. The one rich asshole got the other rich asshole to come to her party. And the rich asshole husband, like, threatened the guy to come and withheld a loan. And we're supposed to think that's good because the wife is happy. Um, I just... I, you know, my objections to that show were like political, honestly, like it offends my sensibilities, yeah. but it's, it's, it's juicy and it's melodramatic and it's fun. And I like the costumes and the jewels. Uh, so that's where I am with that show. Um, and now it's over. Yeah. The Gilded Age has, it. it has kept you along. I remember you weren't super sure mm-hmm. about it when you started, but we're now a season in, right? I knew it would. I knew it would. Like, it's it, it, the exact same thing with Downton Abbey, really, except it's less offensive yeah. in Downton Abbey because England had that kind of rigid caste system. And I yeah. don't feel like it was so endorsing of it. And this one, it's like, oh, my God, why? I don't know why it's so laudatory of this kind of thing. To me, if I'm making a show, I would be against this sort of thing. But yeah, that's fair. I do like it. I, I did enjoy it. And I think I don't it's know, some of the maybe same I'll grow out of it. people who did Downtown Abbey. Oh, it's the exact same guy. It's Julian Fellows. Yeah, he loves yeah. this stuff. He also made Godsford <laughs> Park. Like if Julian Fellows made okay. something, you can bet that it's about very wealthy people like observing these uh, courtly battles of manners. That is his joint. Yeah. Good for him. Go get okay. it, Julian Fellows. <laughs> Yeah, so I am all kinds of turned around about that show, but I liked it and I'll probably watch it next season. And <laughs> Nicole agrees yeah. with conflicts. Fair. <laughs> I didn't hear a, 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 a lot of talk about it. Ooh, I'm looking forward to Sandition season two, says Julie. Where is that playing? Is that Jane Austen's Sandition? Is, is that an adaptation? I have actually have not heard of that. Give us the goods, Julie. We have Halo coming up. We got Moon Knight coming up. So plenty of things to watch in yeah. the near future. Any other thoughts, Dan, about what you've been watching, reading, playing? Should we talk about Elden Ring really, really fast? This is not a game oh, podcast. Yeah. We have like we have like 40 seconds to talk about Elden Ring because we can't go too far. Okay. On that. It's this big, giant, open world, dark fantasy game. It is a fantasy game. George R. R. Martin did work on it. It, it is. is very related to this. That's true. Actually, I'm going to do more of it. Yes. And I'm playing it and it's uh, I'm liking it. But there are some like weird, I don't know, like basic steps like 
I'm surprised it doesn't take. And that's where I'll leave it. Yeah. I, I don't talk about it too much. I'm enjoying it. I'm, I've just started Elden Ring. Yeah, that's that's fair. It, I think it tries to be intentionally difficult in some ways. And some of the ways it does are just kind of obtuse. Uh, I've never played a game where it tells you so much for the story while telling you absolutely nothing. Um, <laughs> like I'm now seven hours in. I have no idea what's going on. I have no idea what any of the terms mean. Like I'm a tarnished. I don't know what a tarnished is. And I've been tarnished. playing and reading all the dialogue. So it's interesting. It's not what I expected. I could rant about it for a long time, but, but it's not I, a game. I think podcast. it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. I'm enjoying did you, it. So did far. you know there's a debuff you can get for hugging someone in Elden Ring? Uh, not before you told me. No, I guess I'll just avoid hugging yeah. people. If I ever meet someone who wants to hug, like, no, how about I stab you in the face? Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, tell us you're hardcore without telling us you're hardcore. Maybe we'll return to that, but I, I know it's not. A, so do you guys want to hear more about the video games yeah. you're playing? Probably not. Um, as Christian says, excited <laughs> for, but if you want, let us, let us know. know. Uh, excited for Moon Knight, Christian says, well, yeah, we are too. We'll be covering that come Same. next week. All right. If yep. anything else, want to go into the lightning round, Daniel? I think the time has come for the lightning rounds. If, if Richard's ready with fresh. the buzzer. Oh, there it is. So I am, uh, I'm ready to go in fresh. Okay, so this is a true lightning round then. Um, I think you're reading the first one. Hit me with the first one. Okay, 20 seconds on the clock. Filming wraps on the Last Kingdom movie, Seven Kings Must Die. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's awesome. They finished filming that thing in like a month and a half. I think that (laughs) bodes really well for when we'll get to see it. I have a feeling we'll see it this year, late this year. Um, And yeah, I loved the end of the season, so I'm looking forward to it. Totes. Yeah, I'm on board. Good show. Good movie. All right. All right. Uh, Dan, I yeah, I want to know about this one. So Nicolas Cage wants to sure. play a, a terrifying villain in the Batman sequel, Egghead. How do you feel? I mean, okay, so apparently Egghead is a villain from that old 60s campy Batman show with Adam West. Is that the guy's name? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And he said things like excellent and exactly. I mean, I mean, (laughs) I don't know if Nick Cage was joking or not. Who can tell with that guy? I mean, it's kind of fun because people of a certain age, sometimes they saw that and I'm all for it. (laughs) Fair. Okay. Well, Um, I can bring people back to the theater. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, they're already there. Um, Daniel. Yeah. Um, long lost scripts yes. for the first ever radio adaptation of the Lord of the Rings from the fifties, like that was made while Tolkien was alive, have been found. How fun. Yeah. So the the scripts were found. They were thought lost. It's the mm-hmm. first adaptation ever for Lord of the Rings. And it came out the same year that Return of the King was published. So 1955 and 56. It's fascinating to see how the story changed because they crammed Two Towers and Return of the King into one season and cut the episodes. Hmm. Before anybody knew it was cool. Very cool. Yeah, exactly. Hope they're in a museum somewhere. Yeah, they better be. Yeah. All right, Uh, Dan. So Matt Smith... Uh-huh. got Targaryen advice from Amelia Clark. Okay, so like years ago, I remember the like Matt Smith and Amelia Clark were like photographed going out of a restaurant and there was like, ooh, canoodling, yeah. dating, yada, yada, yada. But no, <laughs> now we know that Matt Smith was talking to Amelia Clark because he's like, how do I do this? Like, what do you... And from the interview, mostly he talked about the wig. He was like, oh, Amelia Clark yeah. said, oh yeah, it's, you got to be in the chair for like an hour and a half. <laughs> 
<laughs> again, I, I, yeah, that is okay. priorities. The the wigs are are sixty percent of that role. All right, yep. um, Daniel CD Project yes. Red, the developers of Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven and the world famous Witcher games, announces The Witcher four title pending. Yes, yes, I'm super excited about this. Mm-hmm. Um, so CD Project Red is making another Witcher game. It's saying it's a new saga begins. That medallion is a cat school medallion, it looks like. So if you're not into video games, sorry. If you're into video games and like The Witcher, this is like the best news ever. All right. Perfect. Time to spare. Well under time. All right. Oh, yeah. I want to hear your thoughts on this one. Okay. So, Dan, Christopher Lloyd from Back to the Future fame, Doc Brown, Uh will be in The Mandalorian Season 3. Very cool. I love Christopher Lloyd. Um, you know, uh, Back to the Future, Who Fair Much a Rabbit. I never saw Taxi, but Taxi. Um, that's cool. I mean, uh, it's doing a good job of getting these kind of, that's like the biggest star they've had. And he's kind of like a faded, like he's, he's not really around much anymore. I wonder who it will be. I wonder yeah. if it will be like an Imperial officer or like a wise old man who counsels somebody through something. I'm going to get that, but guess that one. Pretty yeah. Good. I'll call that a victory I'm for excited. myself. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely fun. Oh, this is fun. Okay. Um, so Daniel. An actor named yes. Dan Hildebrand, who played the very unpleasant Astaporian slaver who Daenerys torches to death on Game of Thrones, the one who sold her the Unsullied and then was like, make this yep. dragon behave. And she's like, a dragon's not a slave. And they're like, <laughs> okay, so in real life, that actor apparently like falsified himself <laughs> as a contractor <laughs> and like worked his home without a license, did a terrible job of it. And now has been ordered by a court to pay 75K in restitution. Eh? Yeah, I just think that's so funny um, that it's if it was anyone else, it wouldn't be as funny. Right. The fact that it's <laughs> yeah, the Krasnus actor is being accused of faulty contracting and like basically lying about being a contractor like he didn't have a license and stuff. Um, <laughs> I just think that's so funny. So sorry. Sorry to that guy. Sorry, Dan Hildebrand, but kind of hilarious. A little bit, a little bit. We don't make the rules. It's true. It's true. All right, Dan, the the final lightning round. Uh-huh. A new illustrated edition of the Silmarillion is coming. Speaking with of Silmarillion. Tolkien. Uh, Silmarillion yeah. earlier. Yeah. Um, someone else said that they read it, uh, uh, a commenter, and that they joined one second time. And I agree with that. Um, again, this is like all the House of the Dragon books. Um, they're all coming out to promote House of the Dragon. This, this is coming out to promote uh, the Rings of Power. It's coming out on September 2nd. They're going to release new yeah. Lord of the Ringsy kind of books. This is one of them. Tolkien art. That's cool. That he did yeah. himself. There we go. But I already read the Silmarillion twice. Commenter who said, I didn't. I proved you wrong. <laughs> so I don't need to get it again. Although art by Tolkien does sound interesting. His art is really cool. It is cool. Yeah. It's a, uh, yeah, yeah, I like it. What a good show, Daniel. We covered so much. We covered some House of Dragon stuff. We covered some Halo stuff, some sci-fi, it's some true. fantasy, some video games got in there. Some books got in there. Some TV got in there. We're just missing a movie a and, and a ballet or something. But, you know, it's yeah. good to have things to shoot for for the future. Yeah, we had to leave somewhere to grow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some more culture to uh, absorb. Thanks for watching, everybody. We are yeah. here every week uh, live on the Winter is Coming Facebook page, the Winter is Coming YouTube page, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. We are now on Daylight Savings, uh, which I you all know if you're in the U.S. If you're not, you might not know because your governments are sensible and don't, and don't do that kind of thing. Um, we are also <laughs> available in podcast form on iTunes and Google Play. So feel free to download us for your commute, your workout, 
or just to, or just because. Um, see you on the flippity flop. Goodbye. <laughs> Take care. This podcast is brought to you by Fansighted. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.